All right. Thank you for joining us for Elite Agent Trainings Podcast. And we have a special guest that has at least a special place in my heart, Don Mendenhall. And Don, you got a special place in my heart simply because I've known you for so damn long. Not because you're special. And I want to make sure that we... (laughs) That's my wife. We're good. We've been... Don and I have been throwing shade at each other. How long have we known each other now? 18-ish years. 18 years? 18 years. Holy crap. Yeah, you're getting old, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not you, though. No, you're, no. So I it, it, it has been a long time, and we go way back to, I remember play wrestling in the office. You almost put me through the plate glass window. Um, I thought for sure the old man's strength then would kick in, and I could take out a kid that was what 21 were you 21 i think i bet you coming home off a mission fell yeah. into a helping another guy start a business in the office yeah and that would have been yeah like so you're in 21 or 22 21 21 and a handful yeah. of months yeah and, and if so i recall correctly my old man's strength didn't pull me through that no, it, it kicked I, in and it got you up <laughs> off the floor but <laughs> <laughs> so we have a history and it's fun to have you on here uh, donald thank thanks, you for thanks. coming and joining us now, Donald has been one of my top agents throughout the years. He's been very consistent in his, his, uh, in his work. He has a very loyal client base that loves the service that he does, and he does some phenomenal things. But, Donald, tell us why uh, – you mentioned it a little bit. How did you get into this business? So, uh, looking back, I would have to say real estate was never something I even thought of as a career. Okay. I thought I'd come home off a mission, do the same thing everyone else was doing, and – jump into some school and didn't know what I would do. You know, I'm not smart enough for any of that education stuff, you know. Right? But um, set came home. Um, I had taught myself Photoshop and marketing and different things going throughout high school. So I taught myself enough to, yeah. to, be in, to get myself in trouble, right? And so yeah, I was helping. You've probably been real tech savvy. Yeah, so I, so I started helping a gentleman, you know, start his own business. He was starting his own business. And Is this Alma? Alma. Alma yeah. Butler. Phenomenal individual. Character, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I started just helping him, you know, it fell into a position with him, just helping him try to market. I believe it was a wholesale telephone company back in the day. And it was one of those things that's almost a barter club type feel yeah. to the point. It just, yeah. it, the concept's very difficult mm-hmm. and, and he was having more trouble selling it, you know, in, in that position. And so it came to a point, you know, we were actually using, you know, in the same office space as Eric over in Legend Hills. And every time Eric's networks would crash, Eric would come scrambling out, and I'd go reset the router in the <laughs> other room. And and so when I realized out, you know, the setup with this other gentleman wasn't working well, I told him I said I can find another job. You yeah. know, at that time I wasn't married. I was like I can go get another job anywhere. And Eric walked past the desk and is like, No, you can't. You can't. Can't leave here. I by that point I kind of claimed the reception desk in I that area that. as my office. Yeah. And I had my computer chained down because I didn't trust any of them, you know. <laughs> Dude, this is good memories, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it was good. And so Eric hired me as an assistant and for a minute. And I, you know, watched these agents coming in, trying and failing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what would a smart person do? A smart person would have got another job. But I stuck around. So, you know, it was one of those things I, I saw them. And I realized that a lot of people were focusing more upon the, the paycheck than the person. And you got a lot of free training too, because back then I was doing trainings there in the office. And I look at my old calendars, and it was, I don't know if it was every day, but at least it was every week. And you sat in on all of I those. I didn't sit in on a lot of trainings. I mean, it was all a lot. of the initial ones. I remember you were there. Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, then, I, of course, Eric. Yes, True. I, 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 so I remember your training. So you owe all your well. success to me, Donald, and don't try to deny <laughs> the first, it. The first, percent, I still owe Eric, apparently. No, I, I do. I do owe Eric, and I do appreciate And I want him. royalties. Royalties, that's what it is. <laughs> no, it's you and my mom. My mom, I think, claims 10% still. You know, yes. royalties on my success. So, um, she deserves it. She deserves a lot. <laughs> no, but so I kind of came in. I watched these agents. And I, I quickly realized, first, I didn't want to be an assistant. You know, it just wasn't my, my thing. And I realized um, that you could be successful. I mean, I watched Eric's example a little bit here and, and saw that he was sincerely trying to take care of people. And that impressed me. Because real estate, naturally, as we all know, is, can be a cutthroat environment. We're agent for agent and trying to, and I'm thinking, well, you need each other to stay alive. You yeah. know, you need each other to sell each other's listings. When you've got 16 to 20,000 agents in the you know, in our region on the MLS, it's going to be another agent that sells your listings. Yeah. So to watch this cutthroat nature just was not my thing. And I, and, but watching that you could sincerely take care of people and do a, do a good job and make an incredible living intrigued me. So very quickly, you know, I couldn't stand under Eric's thumb for too long. So I quickly got, got my, got my license. Um, and actually at that time we were, and I'll share something here that Eric, I don't think he remembers or knows, but um, at that time, we had just set up, Eric and I had found a set up with Stringham Schools and started putting people through this, the school, mm -hmm. you know, from the office. So they had right. to watch the VHS tapes and yeah. I'd have to track them. I remember that. Yes. And I'd have to track there and say, okay, yes, they sat in that, that room for two hours watching <laughs> a VHS that bored the heck out of you. Yep. Um, and so at that time, you know, so I put a bunch, several agents through the school and then they just went and took their tests. And. When it came time from when I started taking it, it was not physically possible. So, so what Eric doesn't know is, you know, he authorized me to go put myself through school as long as I charted my time and, and actually watched the videos, which was no problem. I was happy right. to do it. But he, he sent me home to watch the videos. So I actually put myself through real estate school eating popcorn from a love sack in the house that I was eating. So, so that stays here, everyone. No, but, but that's... Not anymore, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, but it was awesome. You know, and I, I learned. I mean, I, I watched it quickly, and, and like we all learn, you know, school does you nothing in the real world. But right. it was, you know, I got through it and quickly got my license. And, and at that time, Eric had another family member that needed a position. And Eric, you know, being true to his word, he was like, hey, I'll... You know, I'll keep you on. I told you I'd keep you on as an assistant as long as you wanted. And understanding that this other, this other individual needed his help more than I did, it was a sink or swim thing for me. And so I said, well, if I'm not going to be successful now, I need to be doing something else. Yeah. So I, I jumped in, and I said it was sink or swim, and I chose to doggy paddle for a little while. But that's, that's kind of how I fell into it. So. Now, I still, when I'm, when I'm teaching new agents, I bring you up almost every time. For bad examples? No. Oh, okay. No, because how many cold calls have you done? I can't think of a cold call. No, yeah. I mean, I, there, were, there was a I, handful you, early you, on, you, maybe. You, you may know, have. It was maybe. an accident. I dialed the wrong number. What, <laughs> <laughs> what I use you in as, as an example of, mm -hmm. and I tell people this is a people business, just like you said, you know, it, it's, it's all about people. If you make it about the numbers, yeah, you might get a couple deals, might, might be even a couple big deals. But if people sense over time that you're not caring for them, then they don't come back to you. They don't value you. So it is very much a people business. That's, that's where our true value comes in, I believe. I mean, yeah, there's complicated legal contracts. 
you know, there's, there's the personality conflicts between buyers and sellers, between lenders, appraisers, you know, contractors, all that stuff. We're, we're navigating a lot of different things here, and a lot of it comes down to this personal stuff, right? And one of the things that, and this is how I bring you up, is that from day one, you have never been afraid to talk to people. And I tell people all the time, I don't, I don't care how you talk to people. You can knock doors, you can pick up the phone and cold call, you can do whatever. But I said, I've got this agent and you can't, I said, I, I've gone to conferences with him and we stopped to fill up with gas and he's talking to the guy filling up gas next to us and he's giving him his card. And we go to eat at a restaurant and by the end of the time, the waitress and the restaurant manager both have his card and he's got their numbers. I needed the rolls, it was free <laughs> rolls. Okay. Um, so you're my example of, look, you can do it, to me, I did it a structured way. Like, okay, I'm going to set aside one hour to do this, and I'm going to force myself to do it because I'm not personally as, I'm just not naturally as personable as you, right? For me, I had to force myself. Okay, this time slot, I'm going to do this. For you, you've never had to do that. It's just... Let me rewind. Every everybody. That's my perception yeah, of yeah. it. Tell, and, tell and I have to version. put on that perception for Eric, guys. You know, okay. you know how this goes. But no, to, to give you an idea, I mean, everyone's going to have uncomfortable conversations. But you have to remember. So when I started, I I jumped into this in '06. Yeah. September of '07, subprime died. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 we don't get into. Oh wait, so, everything died. Yeah. No, and and so, but the, you have to understand. So for me, you know, it was a matter of okay, you talk to somebody. Or I'm going to need to go do something else for work, you know. And so I, I started that way. And, yes, you'll have some uncomfortable conversations. But let's, let's even take from 08 to 2012, right, when, when subprime died and markets tanked and everyone's, well, no one's buying or selling, yeah. right? You know, we look at that last recession compared to now. You know, it was, it was interesting because in that I remember a very specific. And Eric gives me a lot more credit for talking to people than, than I do now. Uh, my wife wants me to hold back from pulling the restaurant manager in over the meals or have to, have to designate whether it's a personal <laughs> meal or a, no. But, but like, I remember I, I was pulled into a gas station in Woods Cross, and I remember thinking, oh, you need to go pay inside. And I thought, oh, that's, I never pay inside. And I probably should still you know, do that every now and again. I'm not one that buys the drink or whatever mm -hmm. else at the gas station. But I went in and handed her a card and if you know of anyone, right, and, and took that, you know, and she points to herself. Sold her home in Roy in about five weeks. Really? And, and this was the, and you think I would pay in the gas station more, but I haven't since then probably paid inside for the gas. But, but it was one of those things that, so, so as much as people wanted to say, oh, no one's buying or selling, everyone talks about it. You can go sit down mm -hmm. in anywhere and you'll happen to fall across agents at the table next to you talking about real estate or individuals talking about buying or selling. Owning a home is the American dream. It is. Everybody dreams about it. We it all is. talk about it. And if an average home, and now, now that's stepped up, the average time in a home, it's moved up a little more than the seven year used to be yeah. average. But if seven years is an average, everybody knows somebody yeah. that is buying or selling. And so I'd start off, and I started off early on with just pulling the card. Hey, is anybody, you know, do you know of anyone mm -hmm. looking to buy or sell? Or, or if you know of anyone. But what was, the, what was wrong with that question? And I share this when I'm training up new agents all the time. When I say, well, if you know of anyone, it. So when you, when you ask that, it's really, you know, you're giving the card away. It's easier for them to say, oh, thanks, yeah, I'll think about it or whatever. 
but then you've got a better way of phrasing it. And, and I learned quickly that that was the wrong question. So I'd ask that question and someone would sit there quiet. But if I followed even that poor question, if I followed with the next question of, do you know of anyone right now looking to buy or sell? Yeah. All of a sudden they would chime in and they'd say, oh yeah, well my sister over here is looking. And I'll, so then I'd say, okay, well take a card for you and for her and I'll give them a couple cards. But then the other battle with that is they've had good feelings with you. You're sitting there in person with them. They've had good feelings. But those good feelings are forgotten the next day. They truly intended to pass your name off to your sis their sister, um, and they aren't going to be unloyal and give you the sister's phone number. So what I always say is I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, well, if I haven't heard from your sister in, you know, in a few days, are you okay if I give you a call back? And then I'd get their number. Okay, and then that kept the ball in my court. That's good. Because if not, you know, they, they intended to. They had good experiences, but right. it's quickly forgotten, and you're just – Business card falls in the crack in their car mm -hmm. seat. They Garage, can't get it. You know, the trash guy calls you, and you're just like, you're not yeah. the guy I was expecting. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but so I learned quickly that it's, it's all about the, the question and, it's, and sitting there. But the other thing that, that I think intimidates most new agents, and, and this is where a lot of our awkward conversations come, right? You know, you're a new agent. You start in our industry. You're concerned, well, what if someone asks me a question that I don't know? Mm -hmm. You know, that's legitimately your concern, and it's yeah. a good concern. But I always say you're backed by a good broker. You're backed by fellow agents that can happily be a resource for you. So I, I tell people, you know, don't be afraid. Say, hey, my partner over here or my associate. So, so I tell them, if that happens, I am always going to be by far more impressed with the individual that says, hey, let me get back to you. My associate over here has a little more experience. Let me get an answer to that, and I'll follow up with you. Yeah, It's a great way to get their phone number and contact info. And it's also, they're going to be more impressed when you diligently follow up and get them an answer than the guy who just makes up an answer on the spot. And right, because he's afraid of looking ignorant. And so he looks stupid. So instead he looks <laughs> stupid, yeah. yeah. And there's a difference between there is. the two. And, but yeah. when we find the responsibility, I've let someone have all day. You know, let them happily go and do homework to get me a right answer. Yeah. And I appreciate it more. And so know as agents that you're backed by good people, whether it's your broker or another associate in the office. Don't be afraid to say, hey, my partner over here has done this longer than I have or my associate and use them as the backing so that you're not scared to ask questions. So you're not scared to put yourself out there because it is. I mean, business cards, just putting them out there, asking that question. Do you know of anyone right now mm -hmm. or just being a service? So I, I went to a home show several years ago. I, I finally had someone talk me into attending and having a booth at this home show. I said, OK, okay. if I'm the only agent in the room, you know, I'll do this home show. And so I took it. But I also told myself I was not going to ask for business okay. for the whole meeting, for the whole home show. So I paid okay. to be in a home show, paid okay. to be a booth. What kind of agent does this, right? Right. And I, I brought an artist, uh, a watercolor artist friend of mine, and I free caricatures. So this was exposure for him, and it was exposure for me. Yeah. So people came in, and he would sketch them, and I was just there as a resource, you know, your real estate resource. And I let people come and had some incredible conversations, educated people, which I know led to future referrals and things, but, but I set the goal that I wasn't going to ask for a single bit of business. Now, yes, this is contrary to a lot of things, and, and I would say most deals you're going to have to ask for, so don't be afraid to ask. I don't want to contradict some of Eric's teachings over here. but <laughs> I've always taught, actually, that there are many different ways to the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's one of the reasons I like to interview different agents is people can see a different perspective. You know, and, and from one person, they see somebody that's really structured. And from somebody else, they see somebody that's, their structure could use a lot of work, but they're so personal and friendly. 
you know, and, and there's different ways and to do it. No, but, but, but understand most of the time, if you don't throw your hat in the ring, if you don't tell them what you're there for, hey, I'm here to help you list your home. I'm here to help you with this and answer their questions and bring some value to the table. They're not even going to consider you. They're going to say, oh, that was a great friend. That was great. But, yeah. but why should I yeah. give business to this person? Courage and the ability to take no's, like how many no's can you get before you get to a yes, oh, yeah. right? That to me, I think that's one of the number one things that differentiate a successful agent. The, the guy that gets back up again, that puts himself out there, first of all. In fact, just this morning, um, I had a conversation with my son. We came up here and I've got a quote over here on my wall, the man in the arena. Have you, are you familiar know. with that? I don't know. Theodore Roosevelt, check okay. it out, the man in the arena. Okay. Uh, in fact, you can look uh, at it before you leave here. Yeah, I will. Um, <clears throat> But it talks about the importance of being in the arena, not, not just the critic, the guy who looks at the guy in the arena and complains about how he's fighting or, you know, you know the armchair quarterbacks or whatever. It's, the, it's how important it is to get in and strive. And if you can valiantly strive, even if you fail, and, and this is kind of the last little part of it, that even if you fail, at best, you exceed everybody's expectations. You know, you're achieving incredible things. And at worst, you fail knowing that you never have to lie down with those people that never even tried, you know? Like, like, and anyways, I, so I had this conversation with my son, and it's coming back here because the courage that it takes for you to talk to people, that's, whether that's natural, inborn in you, some people it is, it's an inborn trait, they're just really easy to talk to other people, um, or whether it's something that you work hard to develop, You've done it, one way or the other. You've done it. What do you think makes you stand out in your service to your clients? Because I know that, again, you, the way you've built your business, it's mostly referral business, right? And you're talking, right now, to, yeah, you're 90, talking to people. 95% referral business. Yeah. yeah. What gets people coming back to you? What, what engenders that loyalty? You know, it's it's definitely not my follow up with past clients. I I, I know I lacked that work to I do know, there. I know I've got a lot to do there. Um, we talked to you about but, a training program, Donald. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but I, I know that. But but the thing about it is, I, I'd like to say they know that I care on them on a different level. I mean, I had a deal that I can go back and it's still close to my heart. But I, I sold this home and it had an indoor basketball court for a client. I still have the video, but they had an autistic son. You know, and, and he was actually late in high school, some dear, dear friend, late in high school, and they, late in high would bring him back out at halftime to shoot three-point shots. But he still shuffled when he walked, graduated mm -hmm. high school like 22. And so when this client reached out and I helped them sell their home and they bought this new home, I told them, I said, well, no, the basketball hoop is a gift from me. That's, I, I get to do that for your son, Eric. Not because I liked his name or anything. Just yeah, yeah just, of course not. Uh, but, but, I, but it was the son. And so literally, my wife and I, and this is before our kids were old enough to need a basketball hoop, right? But um, so I think my wife was pregnant with probably our second son. But we went, we bought, you know, called one of my lifetime connections and got a discount for this hoop, bought him a brand new hoop and went and assembled it. I think it took us four hours down in their basketball court of assembling with my wife pregnant and the other kid running around the basketball court. <laughs> But we had memories, and I have video still of this young man shooting the basketball hoops. And it was just something that really meant a lot to me, you know? And, and it's interesting, because I looked at, well, what kind of client gift could, could touch someone? What kind of, and it's not that I, I did that for, the, for any reason other than just the enjoyment of yeah, watching yeah. Eric shoot the ball. And, but 
it's funny because that came around full circle. I sold the house again 11 years later. Um, actually, so they actually decided to mount one on the wall like a few years or eight years after I'd sold them that and gave them the hoop. So they put a permanent one on the wall and they called me and said, hey, do you want that hoop? So the hoop actually came back from my voice. Uh-huh. I had to replace a rim and a few things. So that came back. But then, but just the feeling. So, you know, I've looked and said, well, and I think about client gifts all the time. You know, we all get those and go, what gift should I give with, to every one of my clients? Yeah. And uh, every deal is a different client incentive or gift yeah. for me. Every deal is, see, what does that person need? What does that family need? Because you're really getting to there? know. Because, I, you know, and I, and I value it. You know, yeah. and I want to see them successful. I want to see their kids successful. So I make it a point as soon as I go in there with them. And sorry if you're one of my past clients that's seeing this. But I take notes. <laughs> I write down the husband and wife's name. And then I'll quickly, if, if I can get them to drop the name, I'll note down what the kids' names are so that I remember. Because I, I truly do. I want to remember who they are. I want to be able to congratulate their little, their little girl or their, their son you know, on what they do. And, and so they, I, think, I hope they feel that. And, and yeah. I think that they do. Um, but it's one of those things that just bringing value to their table, you know, when you, when you're sitting down, when you're visiting with people, they need to know. And I, and I think sincerely understanding that if you're doing your, as an agent, if you're doing the best you physically can, and you're trying to save them money, if you're looking for their best interest more than yourself, then there's not going to be anyone out there that's going to take better care of them than you. So with that, if you truly believe that, don't you believe you need to talk to them? You know, I mean, because the next guy isn't going to take care of them. The next guy isn't going to negotiate the contract the way you would or the... And so that's that's I've, kind of been my thing. I've had that exact conversation the last two weeks at our live meetings up at the office. You're saying I'm supposed to be attending those? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well. But yeah, I, had, I, I did. We've got one of our agents, and I keep saying... The, and she's like, I, I don't want to bring this up in a friend meeting. You know, because, you know, this is a gathering of friends and I don't want to make it about business. And I want the best friend that you, you don't have to make it about business, but it's okay to bring it up because mm-hmm. again, everybody thinks about real estate and if you don't bring it up, they're going to think, well, maybe she's not really serious about it or something like that. And the best friend that you can be is the friend that they rely on when something big like this comes up, okay, you know, because so let, if they don't have you. They're out there shopping yeah. for somebody they don't know, they don't trust. Let, let's take that so. for a second, because I think everybody has a... So, so a lot of agents, they're trained up, go to your book of business, go to your friends and your clients and tell them you're an agent. Tell them that, mm-hmm. that was my thing. I couldn't have done that, you know, um, you know, because I did. You know, it's natural that we don't like real estate agents, right? You know? No, that's <laughs> <I love> real estate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but, but inherently, we don't want the person that hounds us every day or every time we see them to be around real estate. You, you know, need it needs value. to be, it needs to be a personal feeling. But ima- so, so years ago, I mean, I sat and I said, okay, well, you know, and again, I didn't do a lot of marketing to begin with, but the question was, well, do I put myself out there in my neighborhood, in my geographical boundary that we all create for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. In certain ward boundaries or whatever, do you do that? And for a long time, that was a question. And I think agents still have that question. Is it, you know, cause they don't want to overstep anything or confuse. Right. But just like you said, I mean, imagine the dialogue if it's different. Okay, and I had a, a very personal conversation with a, a neighbor yesterday where I called and said, hey, let's, let's go for a walk. I mean, and it was, it, was a, it was a little more personal than that because of, you know, situation, but it was a housing-related need that I was trying to fill for them, and even more than beyond an agent. But, but this, but to, to take it to a friend, 
and give them the opportunity, okay? So, so maybe, maybe you come in and you say, okay, Eric, yeah, you know, I understand you're sh- trying to sell your home and you're getting concerned you're going to be pounded by a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people that are ringing your doorbell and I just want you to know I'm here as a resource for you if you have questions, mm-hmm. okay? Or if you need help, I'm here, but don't want you to ever feel you have to, okay? So, I mean, you preface it that way or, you know, give them a little resource. It's like Eric and I used to do with when we were training up for sale by owners. So that we taught a period of time when we taught some community ed for sale by owners. Mm-hmm. lasted maybe a month. I don't think we taught much of that. I did, you, you it. Did, I did a it little for bit. years. You did it for so, a year yeah. or two before? No, I years? did it for several years because okay. I had been doing it with mortgage lending. Oh, and so I was teaching. just cleaning it up then when I came. Yeah, yeah. you were just, you <laughs> catch or, me or terminated it at the tail end. No, but I liked it. But one of the things that was interesting is we prep people, line yourself up so you can say, hey, I actually have an agent over here or, you know, so you can eliminate some of their, but educating on them on what they expect and then leaving that door open for them. What we did with the for sale by owners was we would say, you know, you're going to get a lot of these phone calls mm-hmm. and a lot of people, one of the easiest ways to get them off the phone, if it's solicitors, if it's real estate agents trying to solicit a new listing is to say, you know what, I want to try this myself for a while. But if I do decide to list with somebody, I've already got an agent in mind. The biggest thing is when you bring it to the, you'll prep them. So then now if you've prepped the for sale by owner, so it's just picture that, you know, your neighbor, you've now prepped them exactly what's going to happen. When they, when they try to do this on their own. You have a project, you know, people are gonna come in, you know, calling you off the hook. Everyone's gonna wanna see your home. They're gonna, whether they have an official buyer or not. And so you can say, hey, prep them, tell them you want a pre-approval letter before you come show your home. And understand when the agent shows up, they're gonna be trying to market you for your listing. So now what happens? The moment someone shows up to your house, Eric, and starts trying to talk you into listing, who is that seller thinking about? Yeah. They're thinking about you because mm-hmm. you just told them this was going to happen. Yeah. And so by, by being that resource and, and, and helping structure, you've helped focus them. And like Eric said, you could go so far as saying, hey, I'm here. So if you, if you ever need it, just know if you get tired of doing that on your own, just know that I'm here. And, and it doesn't have to be a consistent follow-up, but, but think about the difference to that. If we don't ever open that door, you know, if we don't, maybe they're scared. Maybe they think we don't want to represent them or we, we don't want to help them. And so if we don't open yeah. that door, it's a different. The way we open it determines our success. But if you open it and, and if you as an agent go there with the mindset of, good, you know, there's, there's, there's more, always another listing. So don't, don't go there with the fact that you have to have that neighbor as a, as a client. Right. It, great. But, it, but, if, but if you go there with their best interest if, in if, mind. If you go in looking desperate, n- nobody's attracted to, to desperation. Mm-hmm. You go in there with confidence and... You want and confidence in yourself too, like hey, I'm here to help you. But if it's if you're not going to be my next client, somebody else will be. But I'm putting myself out here for you. I'll be putting my you know. And and if they say no, that's okay because the next minute I'm putting myself out there for somebody else. Pretty soon somebody's going to say yes, and I'm going to get business. Oh yeah. The the agent that fails is the one that says I put myself out here for you, and you said no, and that hurt. And now I really hesitantly put myself out there for somebody else, and they said no. And now I'm questioning, is this even the business for me? And so I might try it one final time. And I think the last numbers that I saw is that most people, you need between six to eight contacts before they say yes. And how do you do six to eight contacts? First of all, you need to be somebody that cares about them to do those contacts. 
you know. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, you could just care about money, and it could be just boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm making my calls. But if you care about that person enough, then you don't stop calling them. And I, I, I want to yeah. ask you one final question, though. Yeah, just for the sake of the time with mm -hmm. the podcast and everything, one final question for you. Um, you've got a ton of experience. You've had an incredible career. You've done, you've done developments. You've worked with building. You, you've done big projects. You've done little projects. You've done a ton of stuff. What is the one piece of advice you would give to a brand new agent in this industry? And I've given so much advice already on this thing. You're making me think. I know. No, I, <laughs> okay. no. Um, for them, for anybody who's looking to improve what they're doing, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's all the sincerity. I mean, I'm trying to think of something more than just be sincere. Um, you did say something a minute ago, and I'll try to, and maybe that'll tie in a little bit. But the, the comment about people thinking and focusing on, oh, I tried it, it hurt. Okay, understand that your value as an agent comes from you being able to think clearly and remove emotional attachment from a deal. Okay, that whether that's acquiring a deal or completing a transaction. Negotiations. Okay, negotiations, anything. And the moment you're money motivated, you're emotionally attached to a deal. Okay, the moment you're looking at a property and, and just seeing those money signs or just, or when you're sitting there, okay, or, or when someone says no to you. Okay, we all have that. We'll have dear friends that somehow go over here or think to try it on their own. And yeah, for a minute, you'll be like, ah, you know, it's just human nature. We will say, well, why didn't they do that? And we'll try to justify away their actions or, or talk up ourselves. Again, emotional attachment. Okay. You You're, know what? I, I love that. I've talked to a lot of agents. Nobody has ever given that response. And I love it. It's 100% okay. true. But th so so your, your success. So like when I look at it, it's me helping to have that client of business make the, make the best decision for them possibly. Okay. And that's how honestly my, my de land development, everything that way has kind of spurred from that because I had a lot of landowners that would come to me trying to understand what their highest and best use of their land was. Mm -hmm. So I'd educate them on what that was and how to get there. And I even have a lot of agents from other brokerages that come to me to help complete their land deals. And so by doing, by, by, by having that business mind, it helps me look past, okay, I just, the deal has to happen this month because I need that commission. I'm not thinking about that anymore. Yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, well, when is the best time frame for this client? Obviously, we all encourage home ownership and because it is the best thing for them. Mm -hmm. But in the market where it was 6.5% interest rate, you know, it's painful. You know? it, is, and it is painful, but at the same exists. time, I, I, I work really hard to help people understand the value of being a homeowner. Mm -hmm. um, at the NAR convention that we just came back from in D.C., the statistically, mm -hmm. the average net worth of a, somebody that's renting a home is about oh. $7,000. If they don't have equity from real property, it's, And yeah. the average net worth of a homeowner in America, this is all across As the country. As of right now, perfect. Three hundred thousand dollars. Yep, and so that's appreciation from the last five or six years. <laughs> however, you get it. You you got yeah, appreciation. You got tax savings. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's so much more mm -hmm. than the payment. It is. Oh no, there. there definitely is. But but you, but the 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 things that you said about caring for the person enough to sit down, disassociate yourself from the outcome, and say I care about you enough to do what's right for you. That's a perfect definition of a great real estate agent. So, Donald, I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you taking the time to join me. I love, I loved your viewpoint on that. It gives me something to think about, of because I've always advised agents to be 
less personally involved, you know, and they'll call me up. They're like, oh, I'm so mad at this, and I can't believe this person's trying to do this. And I'm like, you have to take the emotion out of it. When, when, when clients are emotional and, and there's no agent in between, deals fall apart a lot of the time because that has nothing to do with numbers. It's emotions, and, and deals fall apart. If you can be that buffer zone, that's one of the best values you can provide. I've been teaching that forever. But for you to come here and say that you take the emotion out of whether you get a yes or a no when you're asking for the business. Look, I'm here to help you. Um, and if they say no, I don't get emotional about that. You know, and, and by taking the I emotion out of it, you can cancel a deal when your client needs the deal canceled. When the due diligence doesn't yeah. go well, you can cancel that without an issue. Don't be afraid, even if it's not your fault. Things will go wrong in a deal. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying legal responsibility. There's certain things that go wrong legally that you need to talk with your broker and, and, and work through. Right. But for the most part, there's times where something's going to go wrong. And who looks more foolish? The agent that accepts responsibility and fixes the problem. No emotions involved. Just gets in there and fixes it. Yeah. Or the agent that is trying to justify and point fingers at the other, other yeah. party. Even if it is their fault. You've come away building a relationship both with the other party and your title and your lenders and everybody involved when you know when you just say, okay, well, we're here. We're going to solve it. You keep a cool head about yourself and you just get the deal done. Yeah. Okay. And you come away. Not only do you get the referrals from that deal, but all of a sudden you became the utmost professional in the room. Yeah. You look like and a pro. So, so. so thank you. Well, Aaron. Donald, thanks so, for, uh, thanks for joining me here today. So. I really appreciate your time and, and for being a part of this and appreciate you, especially for the last nearly 20 years. Being a friend. Now I feel old. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Eric. Thanks. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you found the discussion valuable. Remember, if you're looking to take your own real estate career to the next level, be sure to visit EliteAgentTraining.com for our exclusive training program. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new agent or a veteran in the industry. If you're looking to increase your business, this program will get you there. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more valuable insights and tips. Until next time.